。你哋姊妹平安。Greetings of peace, brothers and sisters in Christ。嗱，你继续受伤对抗两高荣耀，这个系列嘅信息。We'll continue our sermon series from ruin to glory。今日咧，对某事上帝未记了难吗 ？Has God forgotten us? Is our message for today。经文是撒加利亚书第一章第七到第二十一节。The passage is from the book of Zechariah, chapter one, verses seven to twenty-one. 但就係猶太人亡國七十年以後 ，seventy years after the Israelites、uh, nation fall， 上帝將就割裂後猶太人重新到基督嘅神重建聖殿。And、uh, God allowed the Israelites to return back to Jerusalem in order to rebuild the temple。猶太人哋祖先過百三十六年從到基督嘅神。B.C. 536 was the year that the Jews returned back to Jerusalem。And first they rebuilt the、uh, altar of God. Go 重建了圣殿的根基 And they laid down the foundation for the temple. 但系谁面对反对的势力 Immediately they face opposition. 圣圣殿的工作停了十六年的时间 And with that, they they stopped rebuilding the temple for the next sixteen years. 十六年以后 And sixteen years later, 上帝兴起人的仆人合介及撒加利亚 God raised up two of His faithful servants, Haggai and Zechariah. Haggai is 比较年长的先知 And Haggai was considered the more senior and elderly prophet. Zechariah is 个少年的先知 Zechariah, on the other hand, was more junior and younger in age. 上帝使用这个老的、这个少年两个先知轮流来传上帝信息 Alternatingly, God made use of these two. Prophets, one older one, the other younger one, to deliver his messages. Now, God the Israelites 重建停了十六年的圣工 In order to encourage the Israelites to continue the construction or the rebuilding process of the holy temple that was stopped sixteen years prior. This 时间来看 And from the perspective of time, the 大利乌王第二年六月初一合街团头前边的信息 Hegai proclaimed the first message on the first day of the sixth month on the second year of King Darius' reign. The daily lecture Hegai proclaimed his second message on the twenty-first day of the seventh month of the second year of King Darius' rule. The daily lecture. And Zechariah, on the other hand, proclaimed or delivered his first message on the eighth month on the second year of King Darius. Haggai's third and fourth messages were delivered on the ninth month of the second year on the twenty-fourth day of his reign. And when we reach the eleventh month on the second year of King Darius' reign, Zechariah delivered his second message. This message is very long. This second message was lengthy or long. From the first chapter, the seventh chapter, to the last chapter, it began in the、uh, chapter one, verse seven, until chapter six, verse six, verse fifteen. Because the Lord said, "Put the ephod." Eight visions were presented in this message. This is Zechariah 书中间第一讲过解释这段的圣经 It's the portion that's most difficult to explain、uh, from the book of Zechariah. 为什么上帝爱撒加利亚看到这不得异象呢 ？You may ask the question: Why did God allow Zechariah to see this 
eight message, eight visions. Then let us see the season. If you go back to the book of Psalms, you are entering the most difficult season. Whenever the psalmist would encounter problems and difficulties in their lives, he sang songs that God had forgotten. Most of the time, they consider that God had forgotten them. So, so they sang songs that God had forgotten. That's why the psalmist would often argue or discuss with God. Hmm, don't forget us. Please do not forget us. You'll see this in the book of Psalm, chapter ten, verse twelve. It goes, "Yahwa, kiri kilai shongtia, kiri kechiu, mtang buiki kunkoalanga." Arise, Lord, lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. The sabzaju the itat. In chapter fourteen, verse one. It goes, "Yahwa, lim buiki kwa kau samasijona kau engwan ma li kam li yam li mimbo kwa kwa kau samasijone." How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Deciben de sixty nine de kaujat. In Psalm forty two verse nine. 我被对我上帝，我破着讲你为什么常常未记得我？我为什么因为仇敌的欺压常常哀痛啊 ？I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Every time when we face hardships, 那从什么上帝未记得呢？ We tend to think that God has forgotten us. This is not a human nature, and that's our human nature. You can't long walk to church up there. Seventy years after the fall of Israel, as they return back in order to rebuild God's temple, and they face a lot of difficulties and hardship. And this. Process was stopped for 16 years. And throughout those 16 years, they lead a very difficult life. They face a lot of natural calamities. And they face drought with no rainfall. No produce from their lands. As if God had totally forgotten them. When the prophet encouraged them to rebuild his temple, deep inside each of their hearts, they have this question: Since God had forgotten us, why do we need to rebuild his temple? So, God had forgotten us. And eight visions were presented to Zechariah. All of their objectives, the end result, were the same. In order to encourage the Jews to rebuild His temple, because God promised them that the construction process will be completed. For God's presence will be with them. Today. We will be looking at the first two visions. The vision where the angel of the Lord and the horse riders. The second vision will be the four horns and four craftsmen. These two visions. Reminded the Israelites that God will never forget them, and God will never forget nor forsake those who belong to Him. Dear Church, in the last one year we have faced COVID-19 situation. Please remember, God will never forget you. Let's look at the first vision. The angel of the Lord and the horse riders. 
Let's first look at the content of this vision. And let's read verse 8. During the night, I had a vision, and there before me was a man riding a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in a ravine. Behind him were red, brown, and white horses. And let's look at this picture. It may look like this. And the, the prophet saw somebody riding on this red horse. And he was in the midst of this uh, myrtle tree and near the ravine. And behind him, there were three different horses. Uh, the red, the yellow, and the white horse. But if you read verse 11, the three uh, horses will also have their riders. And yet, the prophet could not understand the meaning of this vision. And that's why he asked the angel, What does it mean? And the angel explained the meaning to uh, the prophet. So Let's look at the explanation. Verses 10 to verse 11. Then the man standing among the myrtle trees explained, They are the ones the Lord has sent to go throughout the earth. And they reported to the angel of the Lord, who was standing among the myrtle trees, We have gone throughout the earth and found the whole world at rest and in peace. These three colored horses were sent out with their riders by God in order to observe and to find out what's happening to the world. And they returned back with this report to God. The report was, we have gone throughout the earth and found the whole world at rest and in peace. In the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. Satan was roaming through the earth. In the same way, when God sent his angel to roam the world and go back and forth, what's the difference? Satan roamed through the earth going back and forth in order to accuse God's people. He was there to find fault in God's people. So that when they come before God, Satan could accuse us. On the other hand, the angels of God, when he was sent to go back and forth the world, is in order to protect and care for God's people. You may ask, why this great difference? The difference lies if a person has love or no love in it. Inside an orphanage, the house rule then was 
curfew or lights out by 10 in the evening. And the, uh, the, the leader of this uh, orphanage, who the was the, the, the principal or the disciplinarian of that uh, orphanage, was filled with love. Every night, uh, he will go and uh, inspect each room. To find out if each child was properly tucked with their blankets on and are they sleeping well. On the other hand, if uh, this uh, caretaker has no love, Every night, he would go around to inspect in order to catch which child was not yet asleep in order to met out the punishment. And both of these principals or the, the leaders of these orphanages would go about inspecting the rooms with two different objectives. And the same way Satan and God's angel they roam around going back and forth the earth with two different sets of objectives. And the difference lies with the presence of love or not. Dear church, do you want to follow or the example of Satan or God's angel? When you deal or interact with people, are you there in order to find fault to, find, uh, to uh, punish them? Uh, when the rider returned back and reported that the whole world is at peace and uh, at rest. Don't you think it was a good report? But surprisingly, it may seem like this angel of the Lord was not pleased by this report. If you read verse 12, Then the angel of the Lord said, The Lord Almighty, how long will you withhold mercy from Jerusalem and from the towns of Judah, which you have been angry with this 70 years? What does it mean? If you turn back to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 25, verses 11 and 12, this whole country will become a desolate wasteland, and these nations will serve the king of Babylon 70 years. But when the 70 years are fulfilled, I will punish the king of Babylon and his nation, the land of Babylonians, for their guilt, declares the Lord, and will make it desolate forever. Because the Israelites, the Jews, have sinned time and again, repeatedly. And God sent the prophet Jeremiah to proclaim the message of judgment towards his people that they will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. But 70 years later, God will punish Babylon Babylonians uh, for their sins. 
And now, after serving the foreign king, the Babylonian king, for 70 years, and the whole world was at rest and filled with peace, seemingly as if God had done nothing. And that's why the angel of God reminded him that you have been angry at Jerusalem for 70 years. How come as if you have stopped doing things? As if you have totally forgotten your own people, the Israelites. And that's why the whole world was at rest Nothing is happening. But if you read God's response found in Zechariah chapter 1 verse 13 So the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked to me that God was not angry that God had not reprimanded but on the contrary the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked to him. And God slowly and kindly explained things that will happen to them. And after the angel of the Lord listened to this, he understood. And that's why he called this prophet Zechariah. And asked Zechariah to deliver these two messages to God's people. Number one, first, the first message, the Lord will rebuild the holy temple and the holy city. And verses 14 to 16 in the first chapter says, Then the angel who was speaking to me said, Proclaim this word. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous for Jerusalem and Zion, but I am very angry with the nations that feel secure. I was only a little angry, but they added to the calamity. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will return to Jerusalem with mercy, and there my house will be rebuilt, and the measuring line will be stretched out Jerusalem, declares the Lord Almighty. When God spoke to the Israelites, that God will rebuild God's holy temple and His holy city. Not because what the Israelites have done. Because the Lord Almighty was jealous for God. And because God was jealous for zealous for this, He will accomplish everything. And God uh, proclaimed that he was angry at those who feel calm and at ease. Though in the past I was a little angry, and now the harm will be increased. Because time and again, his own people, the Israelites, have sinned over and over again. And God was grieved 
because of this sin. So, and God used the foreign nations in order to discipline the Israelites. Assyrians, Babylonians. But God considered that these foreign nations have dealt with his people in a more severe manner. Though God was a little bit angry, but these foreign nations have exacted a more stricter and graver uh, discipline. From the book of Isaiah chapter 10 verse 5. Woe to the Assyrian, the rod of my anger in whose hand is the club of my wrath. Assyrians are considered the instruments in the hands of God in order to discipline the disobedient people of God. However, Isaiah chapter 47 verse 6 I was angry with my people and desecrated my inheritance. I gave them into your hand, and you showed them no mercy. Even on the aged, you laid a very heavy yoke. When God uh, entrusted the Assyrians, his own chosen people. But the Assyrians wanted to totally destroy the Israelites. And they even uh, had no mercy on the agent. So, and that's why God's wrath was and God will judge the foreign nations. And it was the meaning found in the second vision. Allow me to explain this in detail later. Here is a very important lesson that we need to learn. The moment when God entrusted you with power and authority, please do not exact a stricter measure in the way how you implement it. You need to provide a way out to people. I have uh, handled disciplinary actions in the church for over the years. I dare to say this before God and man. I will never force a person into a corner that he will have no way out. Every time I will allow the people to have uh, an exit, uh, a, way, a way out. But I discovered that some co-workers or some church members they will never admit their own mistakes. All the mistakes belong to the church. I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But in reality, we are just waiting for the offender to say, I'm sorry. And I found it surprising. And people who belong to God, how difficult it will be for you to say, I'm wrong or I'm sorry. But in reality, all of us before God, we 
face a lot of mistakes and sins and errors. 人所发现的只是招今朝招来的，每个 fifty percent. What others found fault in us are just very small part of it, not even fifty percent. 那就讲的罪人 and sinners like us. 常常重大罪肮脏的代志 Many times we have committed graver sins. May God help us. One day, I spoke、uh, about this to my、uh, wife,、uh, Mrs. Chung. Should one day, and if there's a church council decision, that found me guilty of something, And the decision made out of a simple majority. What is the simple majority? What is the meaning of simple majority? Fifty percent plus one. Fifty percent of those、uh, who are making decision plus one. If there are twenty deacons in, in your church, if eleven persons will find me guilty, I will never answer back. And I have no reason to answer back. I will submit myself under the church authority. And whatever the church will decide. But on the other hand, if I'm really correct and I'm not at fault, it's all right. One day. Before God's throne of judgment, everything will be made clear. May God help us as we humble ourselves before Him. When God gave you authorities and power, you should not exact or make the most use and abuse your power. There should be righteousness, but you should also provide the mercy of God. Please remember. Your righteousness objectivity should be in front. The mercy and the love and care should follow. If you look at it, the Bible is divided into Old and New Testament. May I ask? If you only read the Old Testament, what impression will you have? What kind of a God will you come to know? Is he a righteous God or a caring and merciful God? God is love and righteous. Of course, we know the two different aspects of God: righteousness and His love. But evidently clear in the Old Testament, God's righteousness is very evidently expressed. Not because in the Old Testament you cannot find God's love and mercy, but God's Righteousness will be manifested first. When you read the New Testament, Chairman, may I ask? Will you see God's righteousness or His love? Right? God's love is very evident. It doesn't mean to say that there's no righteousness of God in the New Testament. But in the New Testament, God's Love is evidently clear as compared to righteousness. So, that's why whenever you will handle church discipline, the righteousness should come first. But it should be closely followed by God's love and His mercy. May God help each one of us. If God will entrust you with power, with righteousness. And with love and mercy, you should not apply the full force of truth. Otherwise, God will turn around and discipline you. When God has 
announce or proclaim that he will judge the foreign nation. Because the foreign nation abused their powers. Now that God will rebuild the holy city, Jerusalem, and the temple. May God help us. One day. The measuring line will be laid on Jerusalem. Do you know the meaning? It means that the entire construction process will be completed. And that's the last test to measure. To find out if the construction was done correctly. That's the first proclamation. May God help us. Let's look at his second message. The Lord will prosper Jerusalem once more. In verse 17, Proclaim further. This is what the Lord Almighty says. My towns will again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem. Not only will God re- rebuild or reestablish God's holy city, Jerusalem, and its temple. And God will cause that place to prosper once again. Because God has not forsaken His own people. And God guaranteed or reassured them. Someday this place will once again overflow with prosperity and God's glory. I don't know if you have ever visited Holy Land. Today, should you visit Jerusalem? You will come to the conclusion that this nation, Israel, is such a progressive and prosperous country. The first time I visited the Holy Land, first we visited Jordan. And from Jordan, we entered Israel. And from Israel, we proceeded to Egypt. And from Egypt, we left for the Philippines. So my first visit to the Holy Land, I passed by these three nations. Jordan, Egypt. Jordan, Israel, and Egypt. I discovered the great differences between these three countries. Came to the conclusion that Israel was far progressive and prosperous than these two neighboring countries, Jordan and Egypt. Allow me to explain this, then you could understand. If you visited Jordan and Egypt, all the bottled water you need to pay for your drink. Even Even if you uh, reside in a five-star hotel, every single glass of water that you will consume has to be paid. And one bottle of water will cost you one US dollar. Because the wa- drinking water was so expensive. And you know, the uh, Middle East countries are in, uh, situated in a de- desert. But 
Amazingly, if you enter Israel, you need to pay for any drink of water. No need to pay. And just like when you go to some expensive hotels, you might uh, enjoy drinking water for free. Of course, and sometimes when you ask for the uh, uh, water uh, in the hotel, you feel, feel it's free and you feel that it's so normal. But the Jordan, the Egypt, you will have to pay for your drinking water in countries like Jordan and Egypt. But it's free in Israel. You'll find out how progressive and how prosperous that nation is. And it's just a preview for all of us. Someday, Jerusalem will be far more progressive and prosperous than before. May the Lord help us. Uh, two things were mentioned from the vision of the Lord, the angel of the Lord and the whole house, uh, horse rider. That God will rebuild His holy temple and His holy city. Once again, the Lord will prosper Jerusalem. And that's the first vision. The second vision. The four horns and these four craftsmen. It could be found in verses 18 to 21 in uh, uh, Zechariah chapter 1. And let's look at the content of this vision. In verse 18, Then I looked up, and there before me were four horns. And in verse 20, Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. And look at this picture. It may look like this. The prophet saw four horns. And at the same time, four craftsmen appeared. And at that time, the prophet could not understand the meaning of this vision. That's why he asked the angel What's the meaning of this vision? What does this uh, four, cra- uh, four horns and these four craftsmen mean? And the angel of the Lord asked him, Don't you know? The prophet replied, I don't know. And we praise God that the prophet admitted that he did not know. And because the prophet did not know the meaning, the angel of the Lord explained to him. And because he did not know, that's why he doesn't know. Let us not pretend to know even if we do not know. Do you know how the angel of the Lord explained Let's look at the interpretation. First, let's look at the meaning of these four horns. In verse 19, He answered me, This are the horns that scattered Judah, Jerusalem, and Israel. And it turned out that these four horns, that those horns were the ones that scattered Judah, 
Israel and Jerusalem. Most of the time, the horns would connote power and strength. And in this picture, we can see these two animals fighting each other with their horns. And in the Bible, Horn in the Bible symbolizes strength and power. In the book of Daniel, we saw many beasts. And the lamb and the ram. Focal point would be placed on their horns. In the same way, the book of Revelation, and there's a beast with seven heads and ten, ten horns. Ten horns represented ten powers and ten nations. Now the angel of the Lord is explaining this to Zechariah. These four horns are the ones that scattered Judah Israel and Jerusalem. If you look at this from the historical perspective, these four horns may probably refer to Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, and Persia. Though it was not clearly explained in the Bible, but these four horns we were told from the passage read to us a while ago are the forces that have scattered uh, Israel, Judah, and Jerusalem. Though the nations uh, who scattered were not mentioned specifically in the Bible. But 100% we can confirm this. These four nations that you see before you are the forces or the powers that were against God's holy temple. And just like the force uh, that rose up in, during the Second World War, uh, Adolf Hitler. It was a person who was much against God's power, and this is the horn. And now we find Israel surrounded by uh, these nations. These are the nations, these are the horns that are out to destroy and to scatter Israel. If you look at this map, a very, very small nation, Israel. If you uh, look at the surrounding nations, uh, you will see Egypt to the west, Saudi Arabia, Iran and Iraq, and the northern part, Iran and Iraq. And even the nation Syria. And to, to the left side, there's a Jordan. These nations join forces in order to bring down Israel. You know, when Israel uh, regained back its nationhood. All the nations, they uh, join forces. And they wanted to force and drive the Israel to the Mediterranean, Mediterranean Sea. 
And these are considered horns that wanted to scatter and destroy Israel. Please remember, four horns represent the powers that are up against God's people and God's kingdom. And then let's look at the meaning of these four craftsmen. If you read verse 21, he answered, These are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one could raise his head. But the craftsmen have come to terrify them and throw down these horns of the nations who lifted up their horn against the land of Judah to scatter its people. These four horns that scattered Judah. Four craftsmen appeared. And they throw down these four horns. So God wanted to use these four craftsmen to destroy or to bring down these four horns. If you go back to the book of Zechariah chapter 1 verse 15 and recall what God said. But I am very angry with the nations that feel secure. I was only a little angry, but they added to the calamity. And now God wanted to raise his hand and strike down the nations that were against God's own people. And uh, on the northern part, they were destroyed by the uh, nation Assyria. Now that Israel has already regained back its nationhood, may I ask, where can you find the nation Assyria? And southern part, uh, Babylon was destroyed by uh, Judah. Let me ask you, where can you find the country Babylon? Now that Judah has regained back its nationhood. But you will never find a country called Assyria or Babylon because they are totally destroyed. Do you know how many Jewish people in the whole world today? 2011. Uh, in the year 2011, there are about 7 million Israelites in the whole world. And 5 million of this would be in the United States. If you should include the Jews or the Israelites that are scattered all over the world, today there are about uh, 15 million Israelites all over the world. God will never forget his people, the Israelites. And once the nation was rebuilt, when the surrounding nation at that time wanted to drive this new nation, Israel, into the Mediterranean Ocean. And on the month of June, in the year 1969, when all the surrounding nations joined forces in order to fight Israel. 
the the battle or the war started June 5. And six days thereafter, and it's the very famous Six Days War. When Israelites overcame Egypt, Jordan, and Syria. And later on, it was the United Nations who intervened and stopped this war. Because at that time, uh, the Israelite army was about to enter Cairo of Egypt. Four craftsmen scattered these four horns. And it has been uh, fulfilled in this 21st century. And when Jesus Christ shall come again, another fulfillment will be shown. All opposing nations that are up against God will be scattered and destroyed. If you uh, study these two visions, the first vision of the angel of the Lord and the rider, the second vision, the four horns and the four craftsmen. It showed us that that God continued to care and look after His own people, the Israelites. In the same way, God will continue to protect and care for those who belong to Him. As long as we are willing to turn back to God. If you are willing to turn back to God, God will turn to you. And specifically, the Israelites showed their desire to turn back to God by re rebuilding God's holy temple. Dear church, how about us? How can we show our specific action that we are willing to turn back and return back to God? And I believe that every person will have different ways. And you, you know yourself what God wanted you to do. In your own lives, what can you show as specific action to prove that you're willing to return back to God? If you turn back to God, God will turn back to you. It's not that God has forgotten us. Maybe it's possible that we have forgotten about God. It's only when you are willing to return back to God, then God's grace will come upon you. May the Lord bless you as we step into 2021. According to the Holy Spirit leading and guidance, we return back to God. As we witness and see for ourselves how God will return back to you and bless your lives. May the Lord bless you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. And by the eight visions presented to us by Prophet Zechariah, 
We see how God, you will never forsake those who belong to Him. Today, as we learn from these first two visions, we see this very clearly. How God has looked after us, how God has protected us. God has never forgotten us. Maybe it's possible that we have forgotten about God. We have turned against Him and never looked back. Now we need to learn how to return back to God. That God you may turn back to us. May this new year 2021 be the year that we may come to know our God and know Him better. Holy Spirit, please touch and move our hearts that we may know which areas of our lives that we need to return back to God that we may prove and show with our specific and visible actions in the, the lives of Israelites how they rebuilt His holy temple. What should we do? May God move our hearts. We pray this in the holy name of our Lord Jesus and Savior. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, next Sunday, we will be studying from the third vision. And how uh, the, the, the hands holding the uh, uh, a man with a measuring, measuring, net. measuring net. Measuring knife. A measuring knife. Uh, this uh, measuring knife of the man. What does this mean? We'll see this next Sunday. See you next Sunday. God bless you.